I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, I'm Gary Mansfield, and welcome to the Mizog Art Podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by banging these bongos. Hello and welcome to episode number 47 of the Mizog Art Podcast. This week I'll be introducing you to Vince Camp. He's a self-taught portrait painter who is very much influenced by the old masters. Vince's portraits are very cinematic, the subject matter being quite dark and menacing. If it were a movie clip, it would be that scene when something was just about to happen. During the process of painting these portraits, Vince builds up a story around each subject, giving them names, nicknames and a backstory, you know. His new show, Coin of Diamonds, opens at Clarendon Fine Arts on the 12th of September. And for this exhibition, he's done something really quite spectacular with all of these stories. But I'll let Vince explain that himself. This episode was recorded in London's Groucho Club. The club was open at the time, so there are a few moments when people passing are having a conversation. But it doesn't detract from our conversation at all. This afternoon I'm with Vincent Camp. We're sitting in a bar in the Groucho um, and I've come to meet up with Vincent to talk about his work and something special that he's got in the pipeline. Vince, hiya. I've got seven questions that I ask each artist. Well, the first is, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? That doesn't know my work but is familiar with figurative painting or... Yeah, Either, right? Well, so the first thing when uh, someone asks me what I do is I tell them I'm a, uh, a figurative painter. I paint people, right? Um, and I paint them in a, in a sort of uh, 
narrative style. So I like to tell stories with paintings. That's essentially what I do. I kind of storyboard a, a story yeah. with uh, with individual images, and that usually gets us off, you know, chatting about. And then they go, "Oh, who do you paint? Anyone I know?" You know, <laughs> things like that. Um, I saw from you, you're represented by Clarendon Fine Arts. Yeah. Um, and as I just mentioned to you, um, when I got in touch with you last time, it was just at the point of your show. Um, so I missed out on that one. But you've got another show coming up. What's the name of this show you've got? Uh, so this out? is a smaller show that I've got coming up yeah. in September. It's called Queen of Diamonds. And um, the way that this one came about is that I had a show... I think the show you're referring to is probably The Long Game, which is my that's, big that's solo one. show. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had another show after that, oh, which was called uh, Diamond Roulette, which was at the Ritz Casino. Oh, nice. So that was a really, that uh, was a fantastic experience. And I, uh, I, wrote, well, I often write a, a screenplay, but probably we'll talk about process in a yeah, bit. Yeah. But um, So I'd written a, a screenplay that this time we printed it out and handed it to the, the punters at the show. And uh, we got talking to a bunch of people, and this, this screenplay was about a diamond heist, hence the name Diamond Roulette yeah, at the yeah, casino. Yeah. And someone was like, look, why don't you make a bloody film? You're kind of doing it anyway nice. with your yeah. you know, setup and everything and the way that I photograph and do it. And so I was like, well, because you know, I don't really know a lot about it. And this guy said to me, he goes, look, it's basically the same as what you're doing. You know, you're pointing a camera, Just you're telling a story. Forward, yeah. yeah, exactly. It says you get the right people around you and you can make it happen. Yeah. So we were there with the, the CEO of the, the Ritz. And uh, I said to him, you know, I'd had a few drinks by this point. I said, how about we make this into a film here at the Ritz? You know, because wow. I'd painted him as part of the people, nice. part yeah. of the crew. Good move. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and... Um, so he agreed and uh, one thing led to another and I got in touch with um, uh, a friend of mine that I'd done some work for who's a, a film director a sort of well established very experienced guy called Naeem Mahmood yeah. right? and, uh, from Trailblazer Films and he uh, I said look man I'd like to do this I'd like to make this into a film I said will you be the producer on it and so he agreed straight away he was excited and then he got to to read the screenplay and he was like oh I really would love to co-direct this with you and I was a little bit to be like, oh I really want to do this as my directorial debut but actually I could probably do with someone with real experience you know on, on something like this and with his help we started building an amazing team of people because uh, Tam Hassan had come to my last big it's show cool, yeah and he was like oh Vince you know whatever you're doing in the future talk to me you know, maybe you we could do something in your last show as a muse or no, a no 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 it was another podcast I, I was t- it was about uh, it was called Britflix and it was about uh, British gangster films you know and uh, and I talked about The Business which I really thought was a fantastic film and Tama was really I mean he was the lead and he's fantastic in that and I you know he's kind of uh, I don't think people realise what good actor he is I mean he really is he does a lot of smaller parts but in that he's like the lead and he really shines it's fantastic so we got in touch and we had a really long phone call and I sent in the screenplay and he was really into it. So um, he's an annoying, good-looking fella anyway, and he's well. He's oh got my that, god, yeah. He's got that air of menace he's, about yeah, him. He's a he? great guy. He's really cool. Um, so uh, yeah, no, he came to the long game first of all, saw all the paintings, and then said, okay, what, you know, if you do something in the future, get in touch. And so that's when I had this screenplay of the Diamond Roulette. Nice. And, um, which we ended up calling the Queen of Diamonds as we went into sort of production. So it was December that I had the uh, casino show, the Diamond Roulette show at the Ritz. And then I, I wrote, rewrote it for like shooting, proper shooting script. Uh, 
for February. So we, we literally cast it, got people like Georgia Mayfoot, she's an she incredible actress. Really cool, beautiful, beautiful and very enigmatic, really got a lot of screen presence. Just she's definitely gonna be a yeah, star yeah. one day. I mean she's a star right now, but I mean a movie star. Yeah. Uh, and then Samuel Anderson, who's amazing, who's yeah. he was in Doctor Who. He's in a series at the moment called Another Life on Netflix. Uh, he's like one of the leads in that. He's, he's a really strong actor. Uh, Leo Gregory, he's you know, cool, another cool, you know, guy from from lots of fantastic films. And um, yeah, who else did we have? So we had Tama, Georgia, Sam, Leo, and then a few other guys that I've used on previous shoots as well. That are good. Uh, good guys, Matt Robinson, who's actually a barber, yeah. and uh, he he's just like one of those amazing characters. You know, you don't know what it is, but there's something about him. Yeah, so yeah. we used him. And anyway, the Ritz then pulls out like two weeks before Shit. the show. The the, uh, the people who own it didn't like the idea of us filming well, this thing. There. Well, yeah, never really were clear about that, but they just it wasn't going to happen. Yes. But luckily, the guy, the CEO guy who who had, you know promised it to me, he helped me with his PR to find another place, and we filmed it at the Westbury in Mayfair. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. Gary, I'm rambling on. You tell me no, if you want me to shut up. Okay, so uh, anyway. This is what happened. We um, we shot the whole thing then at the the, um, the Westbury and then a pub, uh, Bow Street Tavern, Covent Garden. Yeah, yeah. It's a great little pub, and um, you know we made this bloody film. It was, How was it? it's twelve minutes in total. Um, we filmed it over three days, and it's you know it's a diamond heist. It's it's a really it's a it's great hard little to film. Get a story condensed. Well, long, hey? yeah, it is and it isn't. I mean, you want to tell lots of more backstory, you know, and there is, I wrote lots of backstory and also where it would be going in the future and stuff. Um, because there's been sort of, you know, the possibility of it might be made into a feature yeah. or something like that. We don't, I don't know what's going to happen with it. But um, the idea for doing the film at all really was the way that I, I made it, um, I justified doing it was because I wanted to let people know what's going on in my head when yeah. I create a series it's like this is what I see before I create a series this yeah. film that's playing out in front of you now is what's going on in my head and it's what, I, what enables me to put this whole shoot together and create these paintings to tell yeah. this story your I mean if we explain your artwork anyway I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that we've got it from there it's mm. very dark um, it, it feels very cinematic yeah um, there is an air of villainy going on uh, the sort of underbelly of society coming together and the stories are coming from everywhere all over the place you know all the time I'm coming up with tons yeah, and tons yeah, of stories yeah. and the biggest problem is filtering all those stories which ones are shit which ones are yeah. going to be a go and you having know. to paint them as well you're, you've it's got taking to, your ages yeah, to, to you've got to think about it exactly so you've got to pick the right story then I write the story I write it all out and I write in a oh, screenplay well, format yeah, yeah, I create a complete screenplay because I hire actors to play all the parts yeah, when I'm yeah. putting together the reference photos. So it's much easier to give actors a screenplay. They understand that format, they get can get yeah, into the whole beautiful. sort of thing. Oh, I didn't realise that. That's so funny. yeah, so that and it helps me as well to think about the whole thing when Does I'm it help planning you it out. In the, sto- the storyline altogether. Exactly. Right? By writing it out as a screenplay, I'm like creating the you know, the plot, I'm creating the character arcs, I'm creating all these different scenarios so that when it comes to compositions, it's actually pretty easy to do so, that. So sort of you're, you're sort of producing a really detailed storyboard. Which the artists would would know, um, exactly. which the actors would know the actors as well. When you show them in the um, in the gallery, 
are they in sequence of the film that you've got in your head? Uh, it's not really possible to do it that way, just from the layout of the gallery. So, uh, I mean, for the uh, Queen of Diamonds, what we'll have is we'll have the series of paintings, and we've got snippets of the script that are uh, you know relevant to that particular scene. So you'll be able to read little snippets of the screenplay next to the actual paintings yeah. themselves. So that's a, that's a nice thing that's been done. Before, at the long game, they, the gallery published a book that had the full screenplay in it and then with all the paintings in there nice. as well. So you've got to get a sense of, you know, from that point of view. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, once the screenplay is written, uh, that then helps me to go and find in all the different actors that I'm going to use for these various parts. And um, that bit is what takes the longest, you know, finding the locations, finding all the people and then organising it all so that everyone shows up, you know, on the right yeah, day, yeah, organising yeah. all these, you know, you're making a small film, do essentially. You, do you get the photographs you've taken of the person, do you put them in a different setting sometimes? So when I've taken the, the entire, uh, you know, photo, when the photo shoot's done, it could be two or three days, yeah. you know, it's, it's a huge operation, you know, with hair, makeup, lighting, all the, the, well, the usual sorts of things. Don't do it by half. So. No, 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 absolutely not. There's a lot of people involved, you know, a lot of really brilliant people that I work with to get this all done. And then when I've got that photo shoot, I then spend, you know, the next few weeks going through all the, the photos, manipulating, pushing, you know, redrawing, sketching out, making more interesting angles. You know, the, the reference photos are a starting yeah, yeah. point for the paintings. And then, you know, then I sort of deep dive and, and start, you know, getting on with it, doing all of getting the cracking out of the I paintings. Didn't it so, so it's a nightmare, Gary, I tell you. Well, I wish um, I was an abstract painter. <laughs> <laughs> when, um, when, when did you first... Um, get into art. Well, I've always, interest? I think it's one of those things that you know, I've always been drawing, but I've also always been writing. So it's been a very sort of a cohesive thing in telling stories. So it's, yeah. it's always been an interest in telling stories rather than just being an art, you know, yeah. an artist. You're self taught, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. did that come about? Going well, from drawing into well, in the the painting side of it, when I was living in London, it was just it was much more difficult, you know, to really paint properly. You know, there's yeah. no space. You know, painting oils, so there's a lot of fumes, and yeah, you, know, yeah. you need space, and they, they take a long time to dry, and you know, for various layers. So that was really um, that that I was sort of held back a little bit until I moved out of London, and then I uh, could really dive in with painting in oils, and nice. uh, you know, so that's been sort of. Well, eight, nine years, I think, is where I've really been seriously hitting the oils. Mm. But, I mean, it was the years of drawing, really, that set me up to do that so that I could pretty much draw anything I wanted by so that point. So did you ever do anything other than art for a, for a job or an income? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um, I ran the family business for nearly 20 years, which was, uh, which was designing scientific equipment. So it was, it was, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a yeah. whole different story. No, no, totally. Yeah, I was painting at night in the mornings. I was uh, drawing and writing like late into the night. I've always been, you know, doing the art, the creative side of it. But essentially, my my mum was running the business. My dad's the designer. My mum was like the sort of the managing director kind of thing. And she, uh, unfortunately, she died, and there was no one really to step in to take over the business. And I didn't know what the fuck to do. You know, I had no idea. But my dad was really it's struggling. Scientific stuff. Yeah, but well, I've got a biology degree, so I had a I had an idea about it. But, but running a business is a massive difference. You know, it's a successful business. And so I had to just I came in and I just hired lots of really brilliant people to like help me. You know 
learn and I went on lots of courses and just was like I had to learn how to do all yeah, the different yeah. sides of business I hired in like marketing consultants and finance people and all these people to try and help me understand how to yeah, run yeah. a business uh, meanwhile also painting drawing at night and doing all that sort of yeah, stuff so in the hours, right? it nearly crushed me but you know eventually um, you know I managed to, to get to a point where I could get a bit of time to actually really focus on the art and when I was able to then really focus on it, that's when it really took off. You know, that's when it enabled me to go full time. I was, I was just about to say, was was that a hard step to take coming away from the yeah. family business? You must have felt like you was neglecting it, was it or, or yeah, it was awful. Turning your back on your family. Yeah, in well, some small way. it was. Except for like, the, I remember the day that I um, told my dad that, look, Dad, I've got this offer from Clarendon to go, you know, to. to be represented by them exclusively and it looks like I'll be able to paint full time uh, I remember he was like he got really emotional I've never seen my dad getting emotional and he was so proud oh, it was amazing because now actually we've got a better relationship than we've ever had because we're not talk- yeah we're not talking yeah. about work you know yeah. we talk about art you know because he's always loved art they've always my parents always took me to galleries or you know the, my family's from Holland so and part of north Holland where a lot of famous painters are from and it was it was always part of our lives, you know. My parents I have like lovely oil paintings, not like fucking old masters and no, shit, but yeah, painted yeah. by local oil yeah, painters. Yeah. And you know they're just lovely, and it's something that I always loved with painting in this sort yeah. of Renaissance style, you know, painting, realist painting. Uh, so I sort of grew up with that. In fact, I was worried that that was a bit old school and no one would give a shit about it. Yeah. So I, you know, I fucked about with like bright coloured acrylics for a while and crap like that and it was just like it never fulfilled me because it yeah, wasn't true just kept coming back yeah to I was like I want to tell stories with paintings and maybe it's like no one cares about this yeah. but uh, it turns out people do care so. <laughs> ah, yeah it's always good which piece of art that you've created do you hold most dear mm. well that's actually a bit of a struggle it's a good question because <laughs> Most art, and I know you're an artist yourself, you paint it and you're never happy with it. And you're just like, oh, fuck me, that is terrible. How can I let that go? Oh, and it's a struggle every time, you know. Um, but I painted my uh, sons just recently. And, um, and most of my wife was like saying, why don't you ever paint anything for us? You know, you're always <laughs> And she's right. And so and I noticed, you know, they're growing up before your eyes and they're changing all the time. So... I took a bit of time and I just painted two small portraits of each of each I did, boy. I did see them on your um, Instagram. Yeah. And it, I mean, they're very alike. And I did wonder if that was one child at um, maybe 10 and the other one a, a couple of years, the same child a couple of years later. Yeah, no, no, it's the two brothers. Nice. And, uh, and that gave me immense pleasure. Yeah. I'm really happy with them. And, um, you know, they sit in, in our... You know, sort of like just by the front doors, you come in the little hall bit, you know, and uh, everyone sees them there, you know. And you know, those paintings have given me so much pleasure, it's ridiculous, you know. So, those are probably the only two, yeah. And you you weren't thinking about a film script, no, I do love all the paintings that I do. And in fact, I said this the other day, I was at the gallery, I gave a bit of a talk to to, um, staff from different galleries around the country, and and I was like saying to them, seeing the the Queen of Diamonds paintings all on the wall, and we showed the film, and and I was like, oh fuck, they're not as bad as I thought, they're all right, you know, I could could live with it, you know, because sometimes you just don't know, you know, you've got to let them go for a while and come back to them. And sometimes you have fresh eyes, yeah, yeah, and sometimes you hate them more, but these I actually thought, oh, you know what, they're. I did all right with that because yeah. it was really hard painting from stills from frame grabs from my film you know rather than really yeah. lighting yeah. dramatically for photography 
Anyway, this is a technical side. Well, what I do like, what I see as well, which I, which was really something quite, quite different, is at your private view. I presume it was your private view. Um, you had the models, muses, the people that you painted turn up in the clothing that they was wearing in the photos. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry. In, in your in paintings. paintings, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I thought that was a, I thought that was quite. A, it was a really thing. good fun. That is great, yeah. Because that's the thing with portrait painting is that it's so hard you know, to get that likeness and to get that right. And but I was quite confident that I, mm. that's kind of what I like to, yeah. to get a good likeness. For the viewer as well, you, you'll be looking at one painting yeah. and turn around and you've got the actual person. Oh yeah, as, people as went nuts for it. Out. They were yeah. like, oh my god, that's you, that's you. And because we had these books uh, made. All the uh, you know the characters were going around with their books, getting the set oh, signatures. Nice. You know, and nice. all the punters yeah. were getting signatures of all the people, and they were signing their character names. <laughs> you know, so pretty then. But I, I thought that that was a really good move when I saw those um, mm. those photographs. Of we had the props yeah. as well. We had because it was all about this high stakes oh, no. poker. So we had a, the poker table that we used in the shoot. We had like a million pounds in cash there. You know, fake money, but it's dead. Look, it was all nicked by the end of the night. Actually, people were good. nicking the props, right, well, yeah. and uh, and we had all the poker chips yeah. out. Yeah. You you know, and so we got everyone sat down, you know, in the, in their places around the table from the big sort of two and a half metre painting that I did nice. um, from that show. That was good. It was a good time. We're doing it again for the next one. Not for Queen of Diamonds. Can't really ask Tamara and Georgia to get back in their gear again. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but, uh, but for the uh, the next really the big big show that I'm doing next April, um, we're going to get everyone hopefully back in. Nice. You know, in that as well. And where's that? Is that? Clarendon yeah, a bit of Clarendon Mayfield, yeah, yeah. Um, where'd you go and relax? <laughs> What's that? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I pretty much work every day of the week uh, and weekend, so seven days a week I'm working. I love it, I love doing it. Um, you know, I hang out with the kids and stuff and, uh, you know, I, I'm in London a, a bit, so I'm in here at the Groucho, it's always good yeah. fun, you know, we come and have a few yeah. drinks and so on. But, um, yeah, I don't really... Relax. I'm always thinking, always working. So studio online, that's a nice old studio you've got there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. I quite like your easel as well, I've got to say. Oh, my dad built that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hoping it was going to be yeah, um, no. handmade. Um, yeah. It looked extremely practical. It was yeah. right up my street. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't find one that did what I wanted it to do, yeah. so I explained to my dad, this is what I wanted to do, and this and that, and so he built it out of Some aluminium. construction, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really Because it goes up and down, I presume. Yeah, 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 you can easily good. flip it up it and did, down. It's not good for so. a podcast explaining about your, no, 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 about no, your no. reason, but yeah, yeah, for me it was good. Yeah. Um, you paint on aluminium. Mm. How did that come about? I've just stopped, actually. The last collection's all on canvas again. I was painting on aluminium because it's incredibly archival. It will last forever, yeah. you know. It doesn't stretch and warp with humidity and all sorts of things like that. And it doesn't crack, you know. And, and it's really lovely because the paint really sits up nicely on aluminium. I was really enjoying using it. And you can cut it to any size you want really easily with Stanley knife. Mm. and just, you know, breaks really well. So I was really enjoying that. But um, with the sort of nature of my work that goes out you know it gets picked up the gallery it goes up somewhere and then it gets transported somewhere else and then somewhere else and it moves around all these different galleries all the time it was like getting like knocked and stuff yeah, about a little yeah, bit yeah I and, thought that's what might be the yeah no matter how careful you are it's always going to get like knocked a bit yeah and once you get a little dent in that instead it's a yeah or a corner bends you know or something like that and, and so it was just becoming the case of that it was 
and also it doesn't dry as quick. It dry, it's, it's really slow because with the canvas you can dry from the mm. back as well, you know. And, it, and how did you come time. by working on it in the first place? It's just a few artists are starting to do it. There's quite a few people who are doing it now. Yeah. It's become like quite a popular substrate to use. Um, it's dead cheap as well to buy. Yeah. You know, it's the Getting same stuff. You use. <laughs> well, you, you ain't got to do any of that nonsense, you know. And so it was a real, it was a shame to not use it. So I had to go back to canvas again, which is, and I spent quite a few months finding a really good supplier. And went through loads of different ones, like some of the really expensive people, you know. And then I found this company called um, Fine Art Canvases. I think that's who they are. They, I want to give them a shout out because they really make a lovely product. And they use these little Allen key sort of uh, tighteners in the corners. Oh, yeah. so you don't have to like knock yeah, any yeah, flipping yeah. wedges in and all that. And so you just tighten these Allen keys and you can stretch it really nice, nice and evenly. Like a really nice thin frame, yeah. really solid. And they use a really nice fine weave that I've asked for. And, you know, I could just call them up and just order exactly the sizes I want, you know, bespoke sizes. They come, like, three, four days later. Everything they do is just quick, efficient, brilliant. Yeah, just anything you want, yeah. So I've been, it's been an Chicken absolute every, pleasure. Chicken every box, as it were. Yeah, they're really good. If there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be like? <laughs> I don't know um, well I love uh, from the past it's sort of Caravaggio probably repping Rembrandt uh, then contemporary artists who do I like at the moment really I really Jeremy Geddes I think is just amazing um, I would say Sean Cheaton but he hasn't had a show in a while he's amazing I'll show this to Sean Cheaton because he, he's kind of the guy who really inspired me the most I think yeah. um, but loads of Mitch Griffith amazing artist absolutely incredible Jonathan Yeo I mean, yeah, so, yeah, there's so many brilliant, you know, everyone's always banging on about the old masters but some of the guys today I think uh, it's probably controversial to say but I think they're way better than the old masters yeah. you know they've had, they've had more to sort of um Learn from, well, they're standing on the shoulders of giants. You yeah. know, they had the old masters to learn it. from and then improve upon. And that that's what always happens, you know. Yeah. But you know, some people get all a bit protective. If you know, if you say someone's better than Caravaggio, they think you're some sort of philistine. You don't know shit about anything. But actually, <laughs> you know, that's that's not necessarily the case. Mm. You know, really. If you wasn't an artist, what would you like to be? There is nothing else. There just isn't. I just, I love what I do so much. I just can't, absolutely, I just can't imagine. A science that, No, I hell no, <laughs> I hate science. I like popular science, yeah. you know, like those really fascinating facts. The light in my son's books of like, why it's not green and all those sort of books that he That's reads. Always you good, know. Always I like, good. I like pop sci, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not, uh, um, well. Well, there's so there's the Queen of Diamonds, yeah. um, which we've got like the private view, which will be on the 11th, and then uh, on the 12th you'll be able to go to Clarendon on Dover Street in Mayfair. 11th of September. So. Yeah, so 11th September we've got the private view, like the screening in Mayfair, uh, with the sort of cast and crew and sort of, you know 
gallery people or what have you. And then on the, on the 12th, you can go to um, Dover Street, Clarendon Fine Art on Dover Street, and the film will be playing on a big screen and all the paintings will be there and there'll be these little snippets of... Uh, Nice. You know the screenplay there, and that hopefully would be quite interesting for people to see. Oh, shit! I should know this. I think it's a week or two, something like that. Uh, I'll probably find out for you, but easier to find online. Yeah. Um, and speaking of online, where can anyone find you and your work? Website, social media. Well, it's got to be old Instagram, isn't it? Really, that's that's the really at Vince Camp on Instagram. And, and it's uh, camp with a K. K A M P, yeah. And uh, that's you know, uh, social media is such a hard one, but we all need to use it to get the stuff out there. Yeah, and people love yeah. to bitch and complain about it, but without it, you know, my work would only ever be seen by a handful of people yeah. in the galleries. You know, so you got to love it. Social media. It's a nightmare. Yeah, I'm not. It's very difficult, and we've all got to do it, and we all like to moan about it, but it's definitely been there to, to yeah. help, and uh, it's enabled people to find my work all over the world, you mm. know, which has been it's, it's amazing. It's gallery in the world, it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and your website is... Yeah, vincentcamp.com. Oh. I've not dated that in a while, actually. Oh, I've done that for 18 months. <laughs> no, it's like... Oh, 18 months? Is that all my months? My all like two or three, you know? Actually, no, I think I put some off on the long game, so that's, that's been a while, but... Oh. Anyway, yes, yeah, not good. Anyway, Vince, that's all my questions done. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thanks Gary. It's really good fun. Great talking to you. There you go, Vince Kemp. What a really bold move to make a short film with the characters from your own paintings, and to be able to get such actors as Leo Greggs, Georgia May Foot, and the formidable Tamer Hassan. It can only be good, right? As Vince said, Queen of Diamonds is showing at Clarendon Fine Arts from the 12th of September. To find out any more details, go over to Vince's Instagram page, which is Vince Camp. That's V-I-N-C-E-K-A-M-P. Staying on the subject of crime and the underworld, next week will be the start of several podcasts featuring the artists that have links to the Kersler Trust. It's the UK's leading prison arts charity, which I am very proud to be on the board of. Next week, to start it off, is ex-prisoner turned artist Johnny Costi. Also lined up, I have two amazing spoken word artists who were judges for the Kersler Trust this year. That is Wanda Canton and Lady Unchained, as well as the long-time Kersler Trust supporter Jeremy Della. But you'll obviously hear a lot more about that next week. So, like I say each week... Whatever platform you listen to this podcast, you should be able to like, subscribe or leave a comment. If you're able to do any of those, leaving a comment would really help us as a podcast and anybody else looking for an art podcast. So thanks for listening and until next week, ta-da. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.